This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. The Secret's Out, It's Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, but don't tell anybody it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> no one that I'm talking to that's definitely not here. It's um, like, I okay, so so this week, so every week one of us reads a book and then tells the other one about it, and then also you, the listening audience. And this week I read the 2006 self-help book, The Secret, by uh, Rhonda Byrne. Yes. And I am willing to tell everybody about it as long as you promise to keep it a secret. Huh. The book has sold 20 million copies worldwide and has been translated into 50 languages. Please, though, let's keep it in the family. Isn't it also (laughs) based on a film that she made first? Well, yeah, yeah. There is also a, a movie version. That went remarkably quickly to dvd as i understand but that's how and it then reached to the book masses. also <laughs> yes um mm-hmm. so this is Rhonda burns so she's an australian writer and filmmaker uh she's born in 45 and her books include the secret the power and the magic whoa are the power and the magic different from the secret they are follow-ups to the secret no but like what are they what are the oh i couldn't begin to tell you how they are <laughs> different <laughs> I, like maybe once the secret's not a secret anymore it becomes the power and then once you learn how to use the power it becomes the magic this sounds, I mean, it's probably all the same this all sounds like a like a ya fantasy series that i, I just, would definitely read i feel like when you do a self-help book that says this is the only governing secret of the entire universe you don't then get to follow it up with other self-help books. Yeah. Like so, you've, already, yeah. you've covered all the ground. So you if, told me in the secret. If you are if you can't tell, this is going to be a slightly different episode from episodes where we talk about fiction that has cemented itself. In the, <laughs> well, well, wait a second. <laughs> uh, we might um, still be talking about a little bit of fiction, if you know what I mean. Fair enough. Uh, talk about literature that has cemented itself in the canon. Uh, or books that we have missed because they haven't been properly placed in the canon, um, and that usually involves some like some plot synopsis and some discussion of themes and stuff. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen today. Andrew's going to tell us uh, how to get rich or die trying, and <laughs> we're gonna. What we're actually going to probably do is poke our own holes in self-help stuff and uh, try to contain our anger. 
And I am on a personal journey, Andrew, to talk a little bit about why we think this works for people. Like why sure. Why does this click with folks, even if we read it or you read it or whoever, and like get repulsed or get uh-huh. like why do why do we get skeeved and why is that related to why it clicks for people? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to say that I don't like so I I told another friend of mine that I was reading the secret for the podcast and we're like oh cool you're just gonna read the secret so you can dunk on it the whole time and that's not not what's gonna happen but also <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I just said up front like I don't think every idea in this book is like snap inherently useless or yeah. like not correct I think the some of the like some of the foundational stuff is really interesting and then the book builds on it in preposterous ways. Sure. And so I'm going to I'm going to be talking about that preposterousness, but if you have read a self-help book and it has made you more reflective or if it has honestly helped you not at the expense of other people, then that's fine and that's great and if it works for you then good. I'm glad. I really am. But Anders uh, Anders bringing the yeah. skepticism this week. It's uh, separate from other weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we God, should talk tell about, me about what's the secret of the self-help book. Is that what you want to talk well, about? Do you want I, to talk about Rhonda Byrne first? I don't I really know anything to, about her. There's not too much on her that isn't wrapped up in reading about the secret or learning more about the book. I will say she uh, f- set, set out on this quest in 2004. Her dad passed away rather suddenly um, it like really hurt her mom and, and she was kind of upset and she didn't know how to handle being that upset in front of her daughter. And I learned some of this from research and also from watching an episode of Oprah, um, which I did <laughs> in the year of our Lord, 2018. And, and it's where it, it's bears mentioning that most people probably know about this yes. book because it was an Oprah book club book. Yes. Correct? And well, it was turned like it was a whole special. She had a whole bunch of people sure, on. Yeah talking about the secret and and how it works and she personally believes that she's been living the secret her whole life and just she like, being oprah yes oprah okay was just like this is how it's worked for me and now someone wrote a book about it secrets out enjoy um so Rhonda Byrne encountered this book the science of getting rich which is a 1910 book by wallace d wattles <laughs> sounds a like good a name. steampunk Charles Dickens character um, that is based on some other stuff in this like school of thought called New Thought. Capital yes, T. I pulled some stuff up about T. New Thought. Yeah. Um, and you can trace the signs of getting rich back to proponents of New Thought, which were uh, basing some of their work loosely based on the 19th century American Phineas Quimby who was a renowned mesmerist mm-hmm. um, in the 1900s, uh, 19th century, excuse me. And the four principles of new thought are that God or infinite intelligence is supreme, universal, and everlasting. Cool? If that's your jam, cool. Sure. Divinity dwells within each person that all people are spiritual beings. If you, if you want to read that every human life has inherent value, cool, I'm with you. Great, great, great. Um, the highest spiritual principle is loving one another unconditionally and teaching and healing one another. Great. Number three. Excellent. I'm with you. Our mm-hmm. mental states are carried forward into manifestation and become our experience in daily living. Now here, 
When you say it like that, it sounds fine. It sounds very lofty and fine, but in practice, that ends up meaning like if you're sick, it's your fault for attracting sickness to you. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> like it's it's all about it's all about like shifting blame in one direction or another. I guess in in practice, that's what it that's what it becomes. Yeah. And so this carries into like this is happening in parallel to. Um, there was a great article I found on the Organi- Organization of American Historians website that talked about self-help in America. It's an article by Trish Travis, and she traces it back to actually Ben Franklin and like the project for moral perfection and it involved like bettering yourself and learning stuff. And like on the one hand, that can beget like libraries. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and like things that build community and that you can carry that forward into transcendentalism. Or there's this like you lock your you are isolated from other people. So you just uh, believe that the universe is out to get you and that you your body is just a husk that you can control with your mind. Um, and that's where self-help uh, some, you know, kind of popular commercial self-help comes into it. In 1906, we get a book. Uh, a book by William Walker Atkinson called Thought Vibration or The Law of Attraction in the Thought World. Okay. Uh, And that's where you get, I think, the underpinnings that have really set up what the secret's up to, where this spiritualism about putting out positive vibes and thinking, you know positive thoughts to to help you frame your existence has overlapped with mm, science in quotes or like principles from lesser understood parts of science Mm -hmm. and you'll hear folks who teach the secret like cite quantum physics a lot yes that is that happens in this book and it's part of it's like part of the whole grift yeah because it, it has this veneer of uh, tested science like they are applying yes, right. they are applying scientific concepts and our attempt to understand the universe um, in ways that I think work very powerfully as metaphors like I love science plays a lot because many of them actually and other stories that involve scientists in, in fiction because they use scientific concepts as very powerful metaphors for how we are connected to one another or how we move through our lives um, but this type of work this new thought work is kind of founded on the idea that what if it wasn't a metaphor? What if it was real? <laughs> and, and like the, the, it breaks down for me and I'll be, we'll revisit this. I imagine when we come back to later parts of this book where it's like, but does this not work for animals? Like why doesn't this work for dogs? Essentially? They don't, uh, my answer to that is that they are not smart enough to understand the secret. Okay, cool. Um, other like uh, self-help Stuff that you may have heard of that are, that's in this lineage. The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale in 1952, um, who was critiqued, one notable critique uh, in 55 actually went after him for basically, if you overdose on positive thinking, you'll be kind of kind of become aggressive towards anything negative. Um, and I think that's the pitfall of a lot of this kind of stuff where there is no longer room in your life for a negative emotion. You... Uh, could potentially not really know what to do with someone who is downtrodden or isn't necessarily in control of their life, but they're suffering. Um, what are you supposed to do there if like positive thinking fixes everything? 
Um, and then following that, there's Tony Robbins in the Go Go 80s, and he's the guy <laughs> who wrote Unlimited Power and Awaken the Giant Within. And he's also the guy. He, he's he's an example where he also preaches like good fiscal responsibility. Okay, cool. Like fiscal responsibility, great. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, envisioning like how you can build a better life for you and your family through like responsible behavior. Cool, cool, cool. Also, let's like walk on fire. And then people get burned when they walk on fire. Like coal walking? Yeah, coal walking. Okay, sure. Um, He gets in trouble for that. But then he also gives a bunch of money to charity. So, like, okay, like, Tony Robbins is is a really good example of how this stuff can do do good for plenty of people while also probably still being... Also perpetuating super whack ideas that are are garbage. Super (laughs) whack. Yeah. Um, um, anything and in the history of this that you wanted to hear, Andrew? Oh, I just want, I also wanted to bring up um, Jack Canfield, who is mm, one mm-hmm. of the experts of the secret in this book, um, who is also known for co-writing the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, which is yes. a big, like a monolithic presence in the field of self-help. Which uh, is, as I understand it, those books are not as much self-help as they're, they're just like stories of people who improve their lives, right? And so, like, it becomes self help because you're supposed to like take. Well, it's those... like self help through parable, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, he, if oh, I found this, Andrew. Uh, he actually wrote the Time 100 article on Rhonda Byrne. So in really? 2007, Rhonda Byrne was included in Time's 100 Most Influential People, and he cited her as having such trust and joy in the universe. Um, and that it was a phenomenon because her love and joy permeate every frame and every page of the secret. And you hear, sure. you'll hear her talk about it, and she does. She just wants to bring joy to the world, and I get it. But then your movie also starts with images of a thing called the Emerald Tablet, which is an an Arabic text from the seventh century that. I don't think anyone knows where it is. It's just referenced in other books, and then people who were interested in alchemy wrote about it a lot. Emerald tablet sounds like kind of like a bad Android tablet (laughs) that nobody bought. Yeah, it's the Barnes & Noble tablet is (laughs) what it is. Uh, It's the sequel to the Nook, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to take a quick break, and then we'll dive into the book proper? Sure, let's do it. Craig, I hear we, we've got a, a book to advertise on our book podcast. We you know. We do have a book to advertise. We talked about Brendan Walsh's The Raven Gang a few weeks ago, and we're just here to tell you about it again in case you missed it the last time. Uh, Brendan is a Patreon supporter of the show, and he did so at the level that uh, has us talk about his book, which is super cool. Um, it is, let me read you the blurb, Andrew, so that you mm-hmm. know what The Raven Gang is about. Sure. Either they're living their own adolescent adventurous fantasy or witnessing the dawn of a supernatural invasion. Whatever it is, college student Patrick Buchanan and his friends unwittingly fall to the core of a rogue geneticist's plan to reshape the world. Once they're framed for an esteemed philanthropist's murder, they must work together to uncover the man's endgame while digging into their own unpleasant pasts. But what's the point of adventure if you don't make friends, whether human or not? It's a sci-fi mystery that uh, Brendan says is sort of in a genre family with Stranger Things, which is pretty, I mean, Stranger Things is pretty popular, so that's probably a good call. Maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, he's already working on the sequel called The Serpent League, um, and the series itself is called Noble Animals. And he's also working on another novel called Immort- Immorta- Immortale. And he also says, just for all you listeners out there, um, he says that after we plugged The Raven Gang a few weeks ago, he got a publication offer for it and with his new novel. So either Brendan really knows about the secret already somehow, <laughs> or advertising works. Patreon.com slash pod. <laughs> you don't need to wait for this deal to go through to get The Raven Gang. You can find it on Amazon uh, and get it for your e-reader there. So why don't you go do that and support a good guy. All right, Andrew, I just talked a lot about self-help books, but I still feel like I need help. Tell tell me the secret. All right, come close. Okay, I'm here. Come closer. Come closer. My microphone is in the back of my mouth. <laughs> okay. So the secret is also known as the law of attraction. Okay. And the law of attraction says basically that Every thought that you put out into the world uh, puts a frequency out into the world as well. And that frequency attracts things that have the same frequency. Okay. So just, just to lay out an example, like if you think about having money a lot, and there are nuances to this that we're going to go into in a second. Oh, if you please. think about having money a lot, you put thoughts of having money out into the world and the frequency of those thoughts brings money to you. Okay. So any questions so far? Yeah. What, <laughs> what frequency? Like, are we talking like 440 Hertz? Do I need, is it like a concert A? It's not important. And in fact, it's not important for you to worry at all about the how of how any of this will work because this is the universe is going to figure this out for you. Huh. Like you. So if you are if you don't have any money and you're thinking, "Oh, I really it really would be nice to have some money." Like you don't need to be thinking, "Okay, I'm going to get a really good job and I'm going to get money that way." Like don't do that because the that's a it's a, just it's a waste of time and you're being a chump. The universe <laughs> is going to figure it out. All you have to do is keep thinking about having money and putting that thought out into the world. Does the book give me any like anecdotes for how this has worked? It gives a lot of anecdotes about every single thing, actually. Uh, let me find... Okay. This is one of my more favorite anecdotes in the entire book because it's so wild. Everything in this book is... Oh, my God. All right. So this is coming from David Shermer, who is one of the uh, so the way this book is formatted is it's split into a few different sections. Um, there are a few that just like lay out what the secret is and how to use it. And then there are sections laid out about money, relationships, health, the world, you and life. OK, you meaning me and you. Anybody, whoever's reading the secret or hearing about the secret through this podcast, like that that part just blew my mind. I can't uh-huh. remember whatever you just said. <laughs> and so every chapter is presented as uh, that, like there there are quotes that I assume are from the the movie. Actually, that sure, just have just been transcribed. There are quotes from experts. Okay, which yes. I if you I hope you can hear the scare quotes. 
and then there are just like paragraphs of examples and and just driving the stuff home. So this example is from the money chapter. It comes from David Shermer. And he he says, when I first understood the secret, every day I would get a bunch of bills in the mail. I thought, how do I turn this around? The law of attraction states that what you focus on, you will get. So I got a bank statement. I whited out the total and I put a new total in there. I put exactly how much I wanted to see in the bank. So I thought, what if I just visualized checks coming in the mail? So I just visualized a bunch of checks coming in the mail. Within just one month, things started to change. It's amazing. Today, I just get checks in the mail. I get a few bills, but I get more checks than bills. So this paragraph is the secret, the book, not the secret, (laughs) in a microcosm. It really is. Because it lays out what the law of attraction is and how to do it. And then it says... Through non-specific means, I now have the thing that I wanted, so the secret works. But I bet he, like, did stuff to get those checks. And listen, it's... But but the way it's... The way it's described in the book is he just started getting checks from somewhere. (laughs) And people stopped sending him so many bills. I know, like, maybe he canceled some extra streaming services he didn't no, need that, like this book is super weird about checks and bills like checks symbolize money and bills represent not money and so here's the here's the other thing about the law of attraction is that when you're thinking about having money you can't think about it in negative terms so you can't say yeah i wish i didn't i wish i wasn't in so much debt yes. because what you're actually doing you're not thinking about money you're thinking about debt And so what you're going to do is you're going to attract more debt to you. And so more people are going to send you bills in the, in the secrets universe. Bills are not a function of goods and services that you, that you are using that you then pay for. It's just about whether you're thinking about debt versus wealth. Yeah. So I, I watched, as I alluded to earlier, I watched one of the parts of Oprah talking about this and she had a panel and I don't know if David Shermer was on or not. He might've been, um, but someone was talking to a person in the audience who had a bunch of debt, and she was really worried about her debt. They eventually got to some some of these kind of secretish platitudes. But at one point, one guy was just like, hey, figure out how much you can set aside and set it up so that it goes into a savings account. And then when you're talking to your debt collectors, tell them that you're doing this, and they'll probably work with you. And he said that really quickly, and then they all moved on to the energy stuff. It's a more like, like it, magical thing. He's like, yeah. yeah, like in the in this book, it it says like set up an automatic debt repayment yes. thing or something. But that's like one sentence in between all this junk about whiting out bills and like writing the number that you want to see. Like on there. that to me, it goes back to what I said about Tony Robbins. Like what is wild to me about this stuff is. Hidden, if you have to read between the lines for the actual useful takeaways that are count that are like drowned by just all the magical the, things, the magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is there more magic stuff that you need, they want to talk about, Andrew? Man, there's just there's so much. I could just go through example after example. Can we organize example. these examples in a way? I I guess like one thing I want to talk about a little bit, like you talked about the pseudo science yeah of sure this. and it the, it dovetails with what we were just talking about because what what the secret will do is it will take 
something that is essentially helpful and true, and then it will build on it in absolutely ridiculous ways. Hmm. Um, so in the medicine chapter, so I will, I will say that the book was making me a little mad, and then I got to the money section, and I had an aneurysm, <laughs> and then I got to the health section, and ironically, I died from a stroke that I had. <laughs> Because it made me so upset. <laughs> the Secret to Health is the name of this chapter. This is Dr. John DiMartini. Don't know what he's a doctor of. Did not look it up. Do not want to know. Okay. But he says, we've known in the healing arts of a placebo effect. A placebo is something that supposedly has no impact and no effect on the body, like a sugar pill. You tell the patient that this is just as effective, and what happens is the placebo sometimes has the same effect, if not greater effect, than the medication that is supposed to be designed for that effect. They have found out that the human mind is the biggest factor in the healing arts, sometimes more so than the medication. So... Check the subtle thing that The Secret is doing. The Secret is starting with a documented known phenomenon, which is the placebo effect. Like That actually does happen. And it's why when you're doing a study on anything, you want a control group. Like You want to account for no intervention while you are trying to uh, discuss your intervention. Because sometimes just like just thinking that you are on medicine that is helping will like take your mind off of things and maybe alleviate a little bit of stress. And if not actually cure anything, that at least make you feel better as you are recovering. So that I like when I have a cold, I take those coldies zinc lozenges Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they're garbage in my rational mind. But my regular mind is like. Hey, these have worked before. I feel like when I take these, my colds are shorter. Yes. And so my lived experience makes the zinc pills work or whatever. When, whenever I got a cold as a kid, uh, I, I would hear my pediatrician tell my mom to make sure that I drank plenty of fluids. And then we would always have a new two-liter bottle of ginger ale when I got home. Ooh. <laughs> and and so I could, I still will never shake... Like, I like ginger ale. I'll just drink ginger ale sometimes. But I will never shake the feeling that I am, like, subtly curing myself of something (laughs) when I'm drinking ginger ale. And ultimately, it's not doing anything. But if the feeling that it will get better because I am ingesting something that is associated with when I feel better, like, that could be a pick-me-up. I'm not, you know, that's what the placebo effect is. You think it's going to work. But yeah, so you're saying that like they're starting from a known scientific. They start. They start from empiric, a known thing. They yes. say, you know, the the here is what the placebo effect is, and it, you know, it's it's documented, it's real. It, you know, there are there are limitations to it. Not that this book mentions them really, but <laughs> but it is a it is a thing. It is a okay. proven thing. And then they get into, and then they do the two step in that last sentence. They have found out that the human mind is the biggest factor in the healing arts, sometimes more so than the medication. And so they jump from the placebo effect, which is you believe you are being treated so you feel better, to your mind is the only thing you need to cure yourself of all illness. That's a pretty big leap, my friend. You wouldn't know it from how close the things are together in the prose that, <laughs> that appears in the book, The Secret. 
Um, now, I will say, in the secret's defense, there is Dr. John Demartini does come back pretty early in the chapter and says, if somebody is in a situation where they're sick and they have an alternative to try to explore what is in their mind creating it versus using medicine, if it's an acute situation that could really bring death to them, then obviously the medicine is a wise thing to do while they explore what the mind is about. So you don't want to negate medicine. Every form of healing has a place. So this paragraph is second. like, yo, 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 wait, 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 wait. If it's serious, take medicine. <laughs> this is the section that someone's lawyer said you need to put it in the book. Yo, don't tell people not to take medicine because their brains can heal their cancer. Like, yeah. what are you talking so, about? So, again, like, if if I confronted, like, Rhonda Byrne or, or someone who really believed in the secret and I was really... Uh, jokey and was like well you know my arm fit like i got my arm cut off like i i'm in pain about it and it's on the floor bleeding like i can't secret that away can i and they'd be like no of course not you should go to a doctor like yeah but they will i also feel like they wouldn't there it doesn't feel like they would then like take me to task for like why did you secret yourself into a situation where your arm got cut off but they would then like try to get me to just think about the rest of my life without an arm and how the secret could make it a better life and it's it is that two-step like it just kind of gives you you don't have time to think about a thing before you're already thinking about a thing Mm -hmm. i feel like i am experiencing the secret right now Think thoughts of perfection. Illness cannot exist in a body that has harmonious thoughts. No, there is only perfection. And as you observe perfection, you must summon that to you. Imperfect thoughts are the cause of all humanity's ills, including disease, poverty, and unhappiness. When we think negative thoughts, we are cutting ourselves off from our rightful heritage. Declare an intent. I think perfect thoughts. I see only perfection. I am perfection. I banished every bit of stiffness and lack of agility right out of my body. I focused on seeing my body as flexible and as perfect as a child's, and every stiff and aching joint vanished. I literally did this overnight. So that's what the secret has to say about medicine is just like illness is all in your mind. Don't worry about it. Like there's a, there's an anecdote about somebody who was diagnosed with breast cancer and without treatment or chemo or anything cured it in three months by like laughing a lot. Again, starting with the thing like laughter is, is ostensibly good for you. And there have been studies that have backed this up, but cures cancer. Uh, I don't know about that. What bugs me about this is that it's couched in spiritualism also and and it has ties to like christian science and which is its own can of worms um where you similarly you forgo treatment because prayer and and your mind can overcome it um but the this like there are plenty of people who believe in a higher power and practice faith and they still like do so in accordance with like medicine and like go to hospitals and counsel people through the trials that are like receiving intense medical treatment. And this is just cutting that all off at the knees is what I'm hearing. Cause like, why would you even go do that? You silly. Just why would you do that when you can just watch like the naked gun movies and laugh? 
That's, until your cancer's now gone. that's that's a separate problem. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, have, I don't know if I'm gonna laugh too much. <laughs> that's uh, they're an institution. I shouldn't knock them. Well, and then, um, and, and then there's a, there's another like here's another like super specific concept that the secret takes and misunderstands is. Um, so, so cells in your body get replaced and there's this like popular conception that like every seven to 10 years, every single cell in your body has been replaced because that like, that's part of your, as cells in your body wear out and die, your body generates new cells, which does happen. What the secret says is because this happens, aging isn't real. It's just in your mind. No. <laughs> and what actual science says is actually your body cannot possibly replace cells at the same rate that they die at. And that's what aging is. <laughs> oh, man. Like that's that's, that's the That's the part of this book that just drives me up the wall is... Starting from something where, like, without researching it, you would think, oh, yeah, I've heard that somewhere before. I think that's right. Yeah, like the placebo effect or, like, your body regenerating cells or whatever. And then it says, hey, let me tell you the secret is that nothing is real. It's all in your mind. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I have in my notes that the secret is just f- field of dreams, the law. And like, if you think it, you like will if you, not die. If you build it, they will come. But he still had to build it. Like, he didn't just think about a baseball stadium where ghosts could play baseball. He had to build the stadium. And he suffered for it. He had to go talk to James Earl Jones. He had a lot of work to do to make that happen. Actually... According to the secret, when you make sacrifices for other people, that's bad because you're putting thoughts of sacrifice out into the world. What? Many people have sacrificed themselves for others, thinking when they sacrifice themselves, they're being a good person. Wrong. (laughs) It says with an exclamation point. (laughs) To sacrifice yourself can only come from thoughts of absolute lack because it is saying there is not enough for everyone, so I will go without. Those feelings do not feel good and will eventually lead to resentment. There is abundance for everybody, and it is each person's responsibility to summon their own desires. You cannot summon for another person because you cannot think and feel for another. Your job is you. When you make feeling good a priority, that magnificent frequency will radiate and touch everyone close to you. It's like this is getting into another bit of the secret that that really it seems my beans is... It's weird relationship with personal responsibility... Yeah, dude. And like, I am a firm believer in personal responsibility. Yeah. I had, I got my first job at McDonald's when I was 16 because I got a traffic ticket and my dad was like, you are paying. I know you've been looking for a job and you didn't want to work at McDonald's, but you're paying me back for this and you're going to get a job even if you don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, and I, and I think that that taught me valuable things about what money is worth, and about budgeting, and about like all kinds of other stuff that I that I still use to this day. Like I think that is, you should you should strive when you can to to be self sufficient and to and to do for yourself. I guess is my has been my life experience, but the secret stretches that to a level where like. 
everybody in the whole world who needs things like it's their fault that they need it because they're not like they're, they're not being positive enough or they're not like thinking the right thoughts or they're not they're not doing the right stuff like i i i can hold in my mind that personal responsibility is good but we should also help people against whom the deck is stacked because there is a deck and it's real and it's stacked. <laughs> yeah. Like again, <laughs> like, my, my, and I am not alone in this. I've in my reading about this book there, as, as I referenced earlier, there are certainly people tackling self-help as a, as a, not uniquely perhaps because this is Rhonda is, is an Australian. Um, but the, the success of self-help uh, in general, in the latter 20th century, is certainly driven by an American uh, ethos. I mean, I think it. I think it says a lot that even though Rhonda herself is Australian, like the the popularity of this yes. book and the <clears throat> phenomenon is driven in large part by America. Yeah, and this like 300 year old country that was taken from other people and on a land of bountiful natural resources <laughs> and founded on this idea that you can move somewhere else and reinvent yourself and like people should be able to you know better their circumstances and uh you know people should feel empowered to take advantages of opportunities that are presented to them they should but then like the flip side of that is manifest destiny yeah. which is yep. Not only should we do this, but we deserve to do this. Yes. And anyone who stands in our way is wrong about it. Yeah. On the one hand, I like I need to believe that everyone is special and has the power to create positive change in the world. But I also need to recognize that not everyone is that special and gets to do whatever they want. <laughs> like, well, unless like like just. The... <laughs> Just by function of where you are born yes. geographically in the yes. world, like your your ability to create positive change in the world is just vastly different. Like just by by virtue of being white, straight, um, male Americans, you and I are yep. in a better position to influence world affairs than, than tons of people. Just, yes. And it's. And it's not because you and I like deserve to be that way. No, and it's also, it's also not because we are sitting around thinking about it harder either. Like there are plenty of people that think about this stuff way harder than we the do. Fact, the fact that we can sit around and think about it yeah. is its own. It's a problem. huge. Lo- like, yeah, that's a yeah. good. I was um, you and I before we recorded, we're talking a lot about some of the Sawbones episodes. We both enjoy the podcast sawbones oh did you um, did you get to listen to any of those yeah and they did some episodes on homeopathy and goop it's a medical history podcast from the McElroy family of podcasts uh if you don't know what that is um and they talked about goop in particular which is uh a website all full of all sorts of stuff um yeah it's it's Gwyneth Paltrow's like s- spiritual health website. Yeah and and they talked about which much like the secret blends real stuff with fake stuff. Yeah and the the one of the takeaways from from their looking at that catalog and and what is available there is that it does certainly speak most powerfully to people of means. Um y- your their most helpful tips are like diet tips that are easier for people with a six-figure income 
to uh, adhere to. Um, because, yeah, because those those are the people who are positioned to be able to afford like fresh fruit whenever they want it. Yeah. So and I'm, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I, I want to get back to your experience with the book in a second, Andrew. I just want to share one other thing before it leaves my brain is that so on the one hand, the secret doesn't seem to be doing a great job of explaining or grappling with kind of systemic issues, intergenerational poverty or where you are in the world when you were just born and like just what your circumstances are. The other thing is I do think it's it's giving people short shrift for their own accomplishments. Like I watched Oprah talk to Larry King about The Secret and how The Secret helped her get into the movie Color Purple and she totally glossed over the fact where she like busted her hump to be a successful like TV personality before somebody put her in a movie. Yeah, like, Oprah's whole story is... It- I don't want to discredit her because she's accomplished so much and she employs a bunch of people and yada, yada, yada. So like she's done a lot of hard work. But to hear her talk about it through the lens of the secret, I hear it removing the hard work from her own story. And and that stinks because that Mm -hmm. that makes it to me as an outsider to that story, see it as less empowering than I think she thinks it is to talk Mm -hmm. about it through the secret. Well, there's there's another there's another thing, and and this is uh, Susanna brought this up when I was sort of incredulously describing some of the tenets <laughs> of the secret to her, but um, she brought up something called the uh, just world hypothesis, hmm. which is this assumption. I th- I think also it's it's tied up with new thought and with all the stuff that the secret is doing, but it's this belief that like your your actions are inherently going to going to bring you what you deserve because of those actions so if you if you work hard and strive and you're like a quote-unquote good person then you get good things whereas if bad stuff happens to you it's all like it's all karma like you got what you had coming like you know reaping what you sow that sort of thing sure okay and (laughs) what i just i also feel like self-help stuff does it fulfills a need in society that uh for better or for worse that when more people were in like were going to an organized religious service right like that's i think it i'm not saying that one is is inherently more valuable than the other but i do think it it fills a a void for some folks who might have otherwise found that in a communal activity um well, I mean, because it's it's all about faith at the, it at is, the end of yeah. it. It's just like believing in a thing, and then because you believe in that thing, you see its its effects all around you, and and that may lead to discounting things that would challenge that faith or yeah. like disprove yeah. it or, or whatever. Because yeah. like, and and I think that you know that big question of Christianity and of a lot of of organized religion would be like, why would god let bad things happen to good people like that's the ultimate the ultimate manifestation of that but um yeah it's like on the one hand like this is sort of a funny self-help book about people believing objectively like wild stuff (laughs) and on the other hand it raises these really like intractable questions about about self-worth and about you know about the all the stuff in new thought all the just world hypothesis stuff like all the 
like personal agency stuff. I don't know, man. <laughs> Is there anything from one of the other sections that you want to share? We've touched a little bit on the finance stuff. Checks come in, bills go out. Uh-huh. We've talked and on if you medicine. think right, then more checks come in the bills. Yeah, we've talked about a little bit about medicine. Your body's a husk. You can just control it with your mind because you're Professor X. Um, <laughs> what is that? What was that section that was just titled "You"? What's going on in that? What was that about? Boy, I don't like. This is the <laughs> that. Just, this is where the secret goes completely off the rails oh. for me. <laughs> Okay. I'm just going to read. So every chapter ends with a little uh, list of bullet points called secret summaries. Okay. They're secret summaries. They're secrets. I'll just read you the entire secret summaries section from the secret to you. Great. Thanks. All right. Here we go. You ready? Strap in. Buckle in. Mm -hmm. Hold on to your butts. Mm -hmm. Everything is energy. You are an energy magnet, so you electrically energize everything to you and electrically energize yourself to everything you want. Bullet point number two, you are a spiritual being. You are energy, and energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes form. Therefore, the pure essence of you has always been and always will be. The universe emerges from thought. We are the creators not only of our own destiny, but also of the universe. An unlimited supply of ideas is available to you. All knowledge, discoveries, and inventions are in the universal mind as possibilities waiting for the human mind to draw them forth. You hold everything in your consciousness. We are all connected and we are all one. Let go of difficulties from your past cultural co- cultural codes and social beliefs. You are the only one who can create the life you deserve. A shortcut to manifesting your desires is to see what you want as absolute fact. Your power is in your thoughts, so stay aware. In other words, remember to remember. So it goes from like kind of specific stuff about health and money to just like we are all connected and we are all one. Like what? Do you, yeah. The secret. What are you doing? Where'd I mean, you go? That's sort of. Let me find my my reference point. That is and what. Listen, and listen, like this. This again, same pattern. So. The secret uh, in a couple different places says that like quantum physicists believe X. Yeah. And it usually gets back to this sort of thought experiment or debate within quantum physics where wherein you try to like measure the effect of observing something on yes. that thing. And so, so this is- I mean the the observer effect is is a uh, is what it's commonly yeah by but like let me narrow it out real quick because we're doing we're doing this play copenhagen at my theater right now so it's actually grappling with this directly um it's the heisen it's the heisenberg uncertainty principle um which you know begets the observer effect you measure something thus you change it though you thus you can't quite know everything about it um it's also a then, very it made a very funny Futurama joke. And then there's a, something called the complementarity principle, which has to do with your particularly related to how energy functions and how light functions. You have to choose a way to observe something. Um, like light functions two different ways. So if you choose one, you ultimately you inherently don't know how it functions the other way, and you never can because to observe it you have to pick a way you chose yeah yeah um and that gets into some weird stuff where, where like kind of i just went there while you were reading that like hypno statement to me of <laughs> like what 
is the universe because if it is just the the fact that we could call it the universe means that it's observable but if we can't aren't here to observe it what is it and then i just start thinking about the dolphins and what they think about all this <laughs> whether or not dolphins know the secret because they're pretty smart right and orangutans know how to paint and elephants never forget and, and they also know how me. to paint <laughs> help me remember that elephant that painting elephant yeah those were simpler times huh Oh, man. Yeah, that's wild. Like, it's not... Again, it's rooted in stuff that's real. It's also rooted in stuff like Hindu philosophy that the science of getting rich is based on. Like, mm-hmm. the, the one is all, all is one stuff. Is That's like... That's Hinduism and, and a couple other different religions. It's, it's and, just... It's, it's rooted in stuff that you can attach, like, Einstein's name to, and so it sounds serious and authoritative. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. And you're not just getting advice from like Dr. Jack Moneybags, who says that he went to sleep thinking of money and woke up and his whole pillowcase was full of money or and whatever was, the secret is. And that was a part of one of the Oprah interviews that kind of gave me a little bit of heebie jeebies was the he talked about an we're finally at a point where there's an overlap between our our spirituality and science where like we're all in agreement now we figured it out two great tastes that go great together i just don't understand how human wants got into quantum physics like that's the thing for me where it doesn't compute if i had to draw a line somewhere i could draw many lines but if you had to have me pick one it's that whether or not i want money does nothing to my electrons i don't believe it i just don't (laughs) and i never will you asked me to help you and i don't think i can i don't think i can help you out of this morass that we've found ourselves so i've got i found a new york times book review of the sequel to the secret the power okay great Um, i want i want you to tell me about that and then i want you to know that after you're done with that i can just read some more stuff from the secret that'd be great no that'd be perfect (laughs) Um, and they, it's this guy, Christopher Tabriz and Daniel Simmons or Simons. Um, and they are going after, they're talking about both the books actually going after is a bit of a spoiler, but, um, they break down their issues with the book through like four different things. They, and I'm going to ask you if you want to sound off on each of these or any of these, let me know. Okay. They talk about the use of quote unquote social proof, like Mm -hmm. others are doing it. Like how many times does that crop up in the book? In the secret? Yeah. Like this works um, I mean, for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean all the time. Like an- anecdotes are the backbone of this stuff. Like every every time they give an example of something happening, they bring up like, you know, Bob spine injury who got <laughs> hurt and then th- thought good thoughts and made like this miraculous recovery that doctors said should not have been possible. Sure. Okay. They also talk about the illusion of potential, uh, this idea that we all have like some untapped ability, and we we've talked about this in certain like stories where like you can't just graft like you, we can't all be Harry Potter is what I'm saying, and some someone has to be Ron. Yeah, and and so <laughs> life like, is full of Ron. If you look around the table and you don't see the Ron then that means you're the Ron. So the the secret appeals to this part of a lot of us where especially where we all want to where we all want to be the Harry Potter. Yeah, and and a culture of exceptionalism. 
where you're many of us are told from an early age that we're special and that we you know deserve great things and we'll do great things and that's not to say that we can't or won't and shouldn't try to um but it it can build in uh in the same way that you can distinguish between like inherent talent and like hard work mm-hmm. um and it's something i think about as i like think about talking to kids and, i mean like, true what you praise them for true you know? story like that's a that's a reason i keep going back to the pixar movie the incredibles mm. because there's a line in there where they're saying you know everyone is special and then another one of them says if everyone is special then no one is and i'm like hey kids movie what are you trying to tell I don't, people yeah i haven't really watched the incredibles in a while and i'm kind of scared too <laughs> It's it actually it is it is better now than I think it than I remember it being okay. like when I originally saw it. But but yeah, it it gets into like it it gets into that idea of like exceptionalism as well as like any piece of media I've ever encountered. That's cool. So, okay. Yeah. Um, two other things from Shabrice and Simons. Uh, they talk about the illusion of knowledge, which we've covered extensively, which is the like you start from a thing that is accepted as like scientific fact or close enough. And then you do like a little shuffle step into some bogus brain stuff. Um, And then the last one is the illusion of correlation, which is this like these things happen. And since there are no coincidences, it must be because of my thoughts. Like Mm -hmm. nothing just happens to people. So it must be because I was putting out vibes like I it can't be because I live in an impoverished nation uh, or an impoverished part of the world who doesn't even have representative government of the nation that I'm a part of. That can't be why I don't have power and like aren't getting by. It can't be because I was I wasn't born to money or that my skin is a different color than yeah. other people's and it, skin. And it, it can't or... be because other people don't see me as equal to them. It must be because of something it, I've it done. It must be my own done. stupid fault. I feel like every self-help book has value if you are an upper middle class white person. <laughs> Like that that is who they are written by and for, right? Yeah. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna commit to that. No, I mean I'm, I'm being yeah, I'm I am I am generalizing for comedic effect, but like that's that's what It certainly speaks to a level of privilege that, that is, is what by that and is large, what yes. many of the assumptions that undergird the secret are. Sure. It's just sure. like that that is your position in, in life. And you're not like you can afford to like do risky stuff because you have like a level of secure, like financial or emotional security and stability that you can count on. Even if the secret ends up not being actually real. Yeah. I don't know. That review uh, concludes with this little paragraph. The powerful psychology behind these rhetorical tricks can distract readers from the larger illogic of Burns' books. What if a thousand people started sincerely visualizing winning the entire $200 million prize in this week's lotto? How would the universe sort out that mess? But it's useless to argue with the books. Uh, They demonstrate an exquisite grasp of the reality of human nature. After all, the only other force that could explain... 
uh, how she put two books on the top of the bestseller list is the law of attraction itself. But that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty scathing burn to close out your, your review there. Is there anything wow. else from the secret that you wanted to share with me, Andrew, that I can take into my day day to day life? I'm just like help me I'm, improve my life. I'm looking at some quotes. I just I want to make sure that I've adequately explained to you the difference between positive thought and negative thought. Oh yeah, please. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you some some examples of negative thoughts that are actually attracting the thing you don't want to you. Okay. Instead of attracting what you do want. Okay. Um, I don't want to spill something on this outfit becomes I want to spill something on this outfit and I want to spill more things. I don't want a bad haircut becomes I want bad haircuts. I don't want to be delayed becomes I want delays. I don't want that person to be rude to me. I want that person and more people to be rude to me. I don't want that restaurant to give away our tables. I want restaurants to give away our tables. I don't want these shoes to hurt. I want shoes to hurt. I can't handle all this work. I want more work than I can handle. I don't want to catch the flu. I want the flu and I want to catch more things. My favorite bit of all these examples are the ones that are like... A five-year-old arguing with you, like, yeah, I want to spill something, and I'll spill more stuff. What are you going to do about it? So these are hilarious, if only because they are so true. Like, I don't want to argue. I want more arguing, which is you, an argument in and of itself. So, like, but I think what they're after here, right, is if you, like, uh, if you focus I think on it, the I mean, negative, it's, it's, it becomes self-fulfilling. <laughs> if you sit there thinking, "Oh, I hope I don't spill this," like you are more like to spill it. Like I, I mean, I think I, it's it. it's using what I would describe as like the the Jersey Shore or uh, Real Housewife sort of phenomenon, where you say, "You know, I don't want any drama," mean, and everybody yes. everybody who says that loves drama. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean that makes I get it. Ugh. Does that just present it just as like a run, like she's just riffing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it is um, text and then italic text that tells you what you are actually wishing for when you think those things. Not okay. So, not what you should be wishing for, but what you are actually wishing for when you are what, wishing. So the negative when thing. you say "Don't speak to me like that" in italics, what you are actually bringing to yourself through the law of attraction is, "I want you to speak to me like that, and I want other people to speak to me like that." Hmm. I don't necessarily agree with the word want in that sentence, but I again, I get the the karmic principle here and it's so frustrating to find it inside all this other gobbledygook. <laughs> like I that's the thing, that's the thing about the secret is it's like what if a perfectly good donut fell in the trash? <laughs> or do you still want to go in and get that donut out of there? Just because it's in there with all the other trash. Yeah, because like if you if you don't want to be late, but what you're actually worried about is like be dealing with being late versus like I'm excited to get there early. Like yeah, maybe you're gonna be late. I get it. Oh crap! Now I just believe in the secret, don't I? Oh well, no, I just like, secreted and, myself. And, and I don't. I don't want to be late. Is the way that an actual human being would articulate that thought. They're not thinking when they leave the house. Man, I'm so. I'm so amped to be early. I guess. Okay, so that gets to pro- so, probably. Like, but, yeah, and what the so what the secret is trying to encourage, I guess, is um, just being uh, the. 
the most benign version of what the secret wants is it wants you to be conscientious about the things that you are thinking and just like be more thoughtful about what you think and how you feel yeah and be attentive to it and express things in active act perhaps actable positives so that you are not just like cleaning up garbage donuts but right like so, when, so when, there, when there when there are things in your life that you can have some effect on by by like thinking about them positively so like you are you are prepared to take advantage of it instead yes. of just instead of just being all oh well everything's terrible and i can't do anything yeah, and everything true. is the worst and like i'd fall into that pit sometimes and, and i think a lot of us have you know to to get a little political for a second. I think a lot of folks <laughs> are have dealt with that uh, as they've seen politicians they do or do not like come into power and like, can I do anything about that? Where can I affect change? And you go through that cycle of despondency and energized like activity. And that's, I think I would always caution against a, a stigma around grappling with the negative because Mm -hmm. like if you just ignore it that's not good either i don't think well and and as with as with many things in the secret like we we have reached for the most charitable like interpretation of what it is saying here at the end but it has that has really it has really bad implications for like mental health so here's a little bit um, the most important thing for you to know is that it is impossible to feel bad and at the same time be having good thoughts. That would defy the law because your thoughts cause your feelings. If you are feeling bad, it is because you are thinking thoughts that are making you feel bad. And so that is that is every person who's ever said to a depressed person, be happy. Like, why can't you just pull yourself out of this? Like Ugh. it. And I don't. Listen, I don't think that the secret is intentionally snubbing those people because I honestly do not think that the secret is thinking of them. No, I don't think it is. I the think you're right. The secret is is well intentioned insofar as it is earnestly not aware of its many blind spots. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and and to your to not just mental health, but the kind of correlation between uh, mental health and like chronic pain and like. That is a thing that can affect your thoughts because of how you are feeling for sure. Um, But it's not a thing that you always have control over. Like a lot of that's caused by external factors. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's rough. I also just want to real quick as we close out, Andrew, talk about the fact that it's called The Secret and like what that implies. Like what does it mean? I I got a quote. I got uh, you a quote. Darn. Hold on. Oh, I pulled it up. Where'd it go? Here oh, it is. Oh, man. Why do you think that 1% of the population earns around 96% of all the money that's being earned? Do you think that's an accident? It's designed that way. They understand something. They understand the secret. And now you are being introduced to the secret. Boy, you are making a lot of gestures that the mic is not picking up. <laughs> I almost threw my headphones when you said the phrase 1%, and I realized I wouldn't be able to hear the rest of the stuff you were saying. Yeah, okay, Bernie Sanders, but what uh, do you think about the thing that I, I just, just read? Think it's, I just think it's so bonkers. Like Again, like this this bumps up again against what The Secret is saying about personal responsibility. It's, yeah, it's, sure. Yeah. It's, it's, again, there is... 
what if you could also believe in systemic inequity <laughs> yeah like it, it's 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 not that systemic equity is a thing it's not that people who you know the people who have that 96 percent of the money it's not that they innately have more power because they have more money it's because they know about the secret and you don't sucker so here is the secret and here's how to like get yourself out of this thing and the only reason that you would the only reason you wouldn't be making all that money is because you don't know the secret and it's your fault. Yeah. It's I this just, whole, it's wild, man. Yeah. I feel like, um, so in the, there's a summary of the opening of the film, uh, in the Wikipedia page for it. And it, it's an opening sequence that talks about how the em- that shows how the Emerald tablet was buried near the pyramids of Giza and then how it was coveted, perhaps by the Knights Templar, and then how the following sequence is the secret was suppressed, and there's a shot of like people in boardrooms wearing suits, and like They're all like talking about the secret <laughs> again, like <laughs> since ancient times they have kept the secret from us, and so there's also the other thing, and this gets into a lot of kind of pseudoscience in general, is that there is an anti-establishment run in it that is also very appealing to people, which, again, there are very good reasons to have problems with elements of the establishment, whatever that establishment you might be talking about, because entrenched power begets entrenched power, and there are reasons to, like, ups, you know, rock the boat sometimes. But I don't know that it's healthy to... to not trust experts that much <laughs> like, to just always assume well to always assume malicious intent yeah on the behalf of everybody who who like there's an anti this becomes a sort of anti-elitism run it, it and it and it gets into like you we talked about homeopathy like it, it gets into anti-vaxxing it gets into like raw water it yeah. gets into and that's homeopathy just straight, it, it's just that it's it's just it's straight all, dangerous to people being alive like yeah, that to yeah. me is what gets very upsetting about this it, is like it just endangers human life and i'm not saying that the secret does this like in and of itself but but the anti-authority bit of it ties into some of the same like distrust that fuels like the anti-vaxxer movement and anybody who thinks like fluoride is gonna rot your brain or whatever it is like it's it's i don't know like like yes power should be held accountable and even in a lot of places like trusted with great skepticism yeah but you should just not assume that every individual who purports to know something about something is some elite who's lying to you yeah there's like a I, there's a book um by what's her name and this will take us out there's a book the last name is mcgee mickey mcgee wrote a book called self-help inc in 2005 where one of the points that she explores is that like if everything is subjective now in the late 20th early 21st century like now nothing can be assailed. Like it's this kind of post fact stuff that is really that is that part of this that like helps it thrive. Where who who are you to say that the secret doesn't work for me? 
Yeah, like, right. Um, and I'm and I'm just gonna I'm gonna shamelessly um, that goop episode of Sawbones, which I believe is like a donor bonus episode, so it might not unfortunately be easy easy for people to find if they want to listen to it. But um, they talk at the end about people like, like the people who believe and push this stuff like they they might they they might not mean any harm to anybody they might not like they they might not believe that this ultimately is doing anything negative to anyone like they they it is it is viewed as harmless to tell people oh if you think about having money you'll just have money you're not you're not telling people to go like join a cult or to put all your money in a hole or to stop doing any particular thing. But, and and I'm also not saying everybody who's quoted in this book or everybody who thinks the secret is, is real is being like a huck uh, intentionally being a huckster about it. But in this, the year of our Lord 2018, like if you are intentionally trying to prey on people's fears and like spread misinformation, yeah, like to enrich yourself or just because you think it's funny or whatever, like even if it's even if it's quote unquote harmless, like the, I, I just can't I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like I can't if we, if we had read the book, if we read the secret two or three years ago, I think we would have come away with from it being like, oh, well, this was this was silly whatever like i think we would have read more like comment and subscribe yeah Yeah. (laughs) we would have probably goofed on it some more and and now i feel like we need to go out on this note of like there's a lot of stuff in this book that doesn't seem dangerous but actually taken in aggregate with a lot of other stuff is dangerous yeah sure and that's and again what is dangerous about it to me is its proximity to things that are totally cool and like it's proximity to the the power of like planning and executing a good plan and setting good goals for yourself and uh, looking for the good in things and building on it. Like that is all pretty dope. Um, but parts of this, as you said, taken in aggregate and taken as a whole, uh, go some other places that are yeah that are not. And, and just and it's, in the it's in the end, yeah, yeah, and in the end, like the most convincing lies are the ones that are a little bit true. Yep, that's a great. And the the yeah. book the book absolutely knows that whether it's being cynical about it or not. Like, Don't the think book it is. Yeah, absolutely. Like preys on that and takes advantage of that. I think this late. I think Ron Byrne fully believes in the secret. I I really do. Just, I I you know I think. <laughs> The person who said that the only explanation for this many bestsellers from her is the law of attraction being real is they've got they're on to something, I think. Yeah. Um, If you, the listener, have experienced the secret or have uh, other get rich quick secrets that you want to share, please tell us the secret. We will not tell a single soul. We just tell it to our public social media accounts uh, at Overdue Pod. That's Facebook or Twitter at Overdue Pod. Um, thanks to Megalophonus, Emma, Chris, Rachel, Amanda, Emily, Melanie, and Becky, Hannah, Daniel, Michael, and May Moore, who reached out to us in the past week about recent episodes. You can also send us your secret thoughts 
Um, that's capital S, the secret thoughts, not all of your secret thoughts, to overduepod at gmail.com. <laughs> you can send us secret, like little S <laughs> secret thoughts too if you want, I guess. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? They should go to overduepodcast.com, which is our internet website. Um, this week, I want to draw some attention to iTunes. If you subscribe to us in iTunes or, I guess, Apple Podcasts, as yeah. it's called, um, rate and review us. That helps us rise in those rankings and it helps other people find the show. Um, you also, once you subscribe in iTunes or Google Play or through RSS, you get new episodes when they drop every Monday. Um, and also up there, we have Amazon links to the books we have read and are going to read. If you'd like to read along with us, we have our full schedule for January up there now. Um, Craig, what are you reading next week? I am reading The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. Sounds like a nice, use some nice light fare to distract us from this, the heavy stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I know that I am going to be thinking about all of you having a good time listening to this episode. And in so doing, I'm going to attract people having fun to our podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next week, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.